All right. All right. So very grateful to be here this evening. Very grateful to have M.A. in my life. And I will tell you, by the grace of God, um, my higher power, I call him God, right? Um, I've been coming around for, you know, 12 and a half years, but I do have almost nine years of continuous clean time. So it will be nine years on August 12th. But I'm not there yet. You never know. I can get overtaken by resentment. You know, and I'll be honest with you, that's happened to me. It was a long time ago, but it, I, I view it as a learning experience, you know. What's the number one offender? Resemblance. Regarding relapse, that is. So, yeah, did that take me out? Um, yeah. So, I've made some changes in my life, and today I've, I've really tried to retrain my brain. It's not always easy, and I can't do it automatically because I may not be a slow learner, but I am a fast forgetter when it comes to my emotions. So what does that mean? Yeah. Can I be overwhelmed by pain sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. I have an overthinking disease known as addiction. And for me, it started with pot and ended with pot. But I'm going to start. Let's go back a little bit, if you, if you will. If you will. Yeah, I'm 51 years old. Uh, originally, and I hope there's some Chicago listeners out there or some Chicago participants, if you will, because, yes, I was born and raised in Chicago. I'm currently living in Boynton Beach, Florida, where I actually work in recovery. And I've been doing that about eight years. And, yeah, it has its ups and downs, but I tell you, I love working with the clients. But like anything, we got to deal with life on life ter- life's terms, right? So, yeah, I, I love working with the clients and making a difference and trying to save lives. And if I, you know, make impact one person each day, that's a good thing. So, yes, I'm a music therapist. And I've been a music therapist for a long time. I'll be honest with you, though, there was a period of time where I was using while I was providing music therapy. That is not the case today. And I'm proud to say through MA, through the 12 steps, I can go into work clean and sober and deal with life and life's terms. Yeah, originally from Chicago, uh, grew up in a relatively, you know, comfortable area, if you will. I was a pretty happy kid, relatively sensitive, right? But uh, pretty happy nonetheless. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, I was, you know, verbally abused. I mean, I got as much as everybody else did. I was teased right? A little bit. Yeah. I was not, well, I don't know. Was I your typical kid? I don't know. I wasn't that great at sports. I love sports, but I wasn't great at that. However, though, I did love music. And even though I've had to work at it, you know, I, I feel I've become an accomplished musician over the years. So um, that was a huge interest for me. It, it still is. It still is. Yeah. Can you say I'm addicted to music? Absolutely. I was jamming out before before this, and for a second I was thinking, oh, I wish I could keep on jamming. But I know the benefit of giving back. And believe me, I feel it every Monday evening when I give back. But, well, let's get back to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I may have not been the most coordinated person. However, I've come to discover, you know, through time, right, 
I've gotten more coordinated. I used to end up going to uh, the hospital. It seemed like two, three times a year I'd be in the ER, you know, uh, for the fact that I'd fallen or something like that. And uh, it's kind of amazing. I have not, uh, I think the last time I went to the ER, I did uh, break my ribs roller skating, but that was like 12, 13 years ago. But I don't think that's an issue so much. Maybe it was uh, delayed uh, development, I'm not sure. But um, other than that, I don't know. I, I was an interesting person. I remember my kindergarten teacher told me that she thought that I was the most creative person she's ever met. So not to give into my ego or anything, because Lord knows, yeah, I've fried, fried a few, excuse me, I've fried a few brain cells over the years. But the good news about that is your brain recirculates over time. So something to look forward to um, if you're worried about that. And believe me, there were times early in recovery where I'd be like, oh, man, when, when, when am I going to not be so fried out? Well, working the steps helped me with that, but we'll get back to that. So anyways, um, I don't know, wasn't the most ambitious student, you know? And like I said, you know, growing up, especially in uh, the town where I was growing up with, Hinsdale, Illinois, I'll just say it. All right. So, yeah, very, very competitive, if you will. And, yeah, I wasn't extremely ambitious. And I was a sensitive child. And they say most addicts are sensitive. So when I first had my first drink, you know, I, I noticed something like, wow, feels pretty good. And could I stop? No. And alcohol, I, I did like it. But then something happened. It was my sophomore year. Oh, and by the way, I do have a brother. And that brother happens to be working a program today. And my uh, folks are very, very supportive of our, of our programs as well. All right, but this is more about me anyways. Does that make me argue the fact that, as far as I'm concerned, addiction is hereditary? That's my experience. Not everybody views it that way, but that's, that's how I view it. Anyways, so I got high for the first time. And it didn't work. So I was like thinking, like, am I doing something wrong here? But then I tried it again. And it wasn't until I went to go see, uh, I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street in 3D. Well, guess what? It worked. <laughs> and I loved it. And you got to remember, in the 80s, yeah, the weed wasn't that great compared to how it is today. And believe me, I don't understand. I don't know the language. Uh, yeah, I'm out of the loop as far as weed and dabs and dispensaries, that's not my deal. How come? Because I've been in recovery. That's what, and, and I'm grateful for that. I'm really grateful, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. All right. So, yeah, I loved it. I felt comfortable with myself. I noticed something, too. You know, it seemed like more people were attracted to me because I was able to get weed, and I, I, I felt great. I'm like smoking weed with a jock. Oh, this is awesome. And, uh, yeah, girls would, uh, it, it seemed maybe were more interested in me because of the fact that I usually had something or I could get it very easy. As far as my life, I was having good times. I was dropping acid and whatnot and 
And, uh, yeah, that was amazing for me. You know, but bottom line, I was hiding. And I didn't realize that. I don't think any of us did. But I was hiding from my feelings. And believe me, I, I, I had to go through some traumatic things. It was my sophomore year in high school, and I, I skipped over this. But, yeah, I was basically hit by a car on campus, right? And it seemed like half the uh, campus, ha- half the uh, students actually saw it happen. So, yeah. Did I get teased for that? Absolutely. Um, I also was told by a neurologist at the time that um, I'd be able to finish high school, but he didn't see me going to uh, college. He didn't feel that that was in my future. And this was maybe like a couple months after the accident. Well, I'll tell you something. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that at all. Follow your dreams. And, yes, I I am a college graduate. I uh, went to Illinois State University. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. And I, I graduated from college. So, so yeah, if anybody tells you you can't do something, nah, just, just try. Try. Don't let labels hold you back. That's at least my motto. And I believe you can do anything you set your mind to. All right. All right. So, yeah, yeah, that was discouraging. But, you know, something, I, I got to throw this in there. Um, I had this church group, and I was able to meet people that way. So, yeah, I was able to have some really cool friendships and, you know, relationships and whatnot through that. But I'll tell you, I didn't stay with the youth group for all that long, especially after high school. Because after that, I don't know. I I was more or less like, okay, I'm just going to hang out with my partying buddies, and believe me, we partied. Music was always there. You know, we'd have bands and whatnot, but this is when things started to change. And by the way, after I graduated from high school and my GPA wasn't that hot, I took some time off. So I worked, you know, odd jobs while living at home. And basically um, living off my parents. Were they enabling? I don't know. I don't want to blame them at all. But, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, there was some enabling going on. I'm proud to say my mother is a, a member of a non-program, so she doesn't enable anymore. Or, or she enables much less. And I really, really try to never take advantage. Okay. Yeah, uh, here I was, graduating from college, you know, working, you know, like part-time jobs, partying a lot experimenting with drugs, getting by, but what was my focus? Partying. And I started to notice something. You know, it was like at this point I was um, teetering on phase two of active addiction. So, yeah, I was having fun, but problems were starting to arise. I was bringing attention upon myself. Yeah, uh, the village of Hinsdale, I think at one point, put me on a most wanted list for uh, selling LSD. Yes, yes. So I was doing things I never dreamed of. At that point, I'm like, okay, I got to stop. So I, I did stop selling that. But um, still, though, I was 
you know, basically driven by drugs. And at first it was just alcohol, weed, and psychedelics, but that progressed. That changed. All right, so I graduated from, or actually, I uh, did decide to go to school part-time. I went to the junior college, but, you know, I'd go for a couple semesters and stop. I mean, my grades were all right, but I was distracted. I definitely was distracted. It wasn't until 1998 when I got my associate's degree. And there were periods of time where I would leave home, but then I'd end up back at home. And right around like 94, 95, I mean, I've always gone to shows. I was going to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, a lot of fish shows, being under the influence at those shows pretty much all the time. You know, so was I really taking care of myself? No. Did I care how I looked? No. Yeah, I've shown uh, clients pictures of myself. They're like, really, that's you? Look at your hair, man. Yeah, I was overweight. Um, I really didn't care about bathing all that much. I was a hippie, and I, I thought that was the cool thing to be. But yeah, really, deep down inside, I was becoming more and more miserable. So 1998, I think, or actually 99, something interesting happened. And at that point, I was losing friends due to addiction and also um, trying things I've never dreamed of, including cocaine, smoking crack, uh, doing all sorts of other things, you know, whatever I could to escape my emotions. Yeah, I tried heroin. Thank God heroin did not get along with me. Thank God for that. And the reason being is because, you know, it messed with my equilibrium and all I did was vomit the whole time. But at, at that point, I'm just like, oh, I need more. I need more. And as far as the weed was concerned, I mean, yeah, I pretty much always had weed. And when I ran out, I'd be miserable. Yep, I'd be having more reactions to things. Yeah, because there wasn't a surplus all the time. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that sometimes I'd be living in different places. But anyway, yeah, 1999, I decided to go back to school. And I'm thinking, okay, all right, so I'm going to settle down. So I enrolled in Illinois State University's uh, music therapy program. And I wasn't even thinking, you know, about this being a career. I just wanted to uh, further develop my musical skills and whatnot, which which is cool. But I fell in love with music therapy later, Um, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. And I did get encouragement from my professors and whatnot for the fact that my guitar skills were pretty good back then. But anyways, yeah, I noticed something. I mean, yeah, I would be focused. But I could get distracted real easy when I started meeting. I don't want to call people the wrong people, but people that were partying, yeah. Would I lose my focus a little bit? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I mean, my, my GPA was, yeah, pretty much a, a, a 3.0 out of 4, I believe, which is all right. I mean, that's pretty good. But, I mean, I had my life set where I'd be going to school and I'd be partying for the most part. And I did other things, you know, that there was an interesting um, opportunity for me where I worked at a summer camp, right? But on the weekends when I wasn't working at the summer camp, 
yeah, it was basically a residential summer camp. Didn't make much money, but it was a fantastic experience. So what did I do? I got fucked up. Whoever was around me, we got fucked up. Uh, 2002, I don't know. I, I was pretty much close to being done getting my degree. And I figured, all right, so I got one semester left. I'm going to take one class, right? I'm going to take this one class, and I'm, I'm going to work a little bit. I'm going to play in my band and party. And that's what I did. And ended up getting into harder substances while smoking weed pretty much religiously the entire time. So graduated, went on to my internship. Now, I had to move back home for a little while, which was all right. That is okay. And I, I need to speed up the process here a little bit. So I'm going to do so. But here we are, 2003. And 2009 is when I surrendered. So, all right. So how is my life? I mean, there were periods where I would have abstinence, but I wasn't working the program. I, there were periods where I wasn't using because I, I was just like, okay, I can't do this. But then I'd start again. And what would happen? I'd start, you know, having reactions to things. I would be filled with rage. They used to call me, well, I don't know. I'm going to give my last name away. But, yeah, basically, I had a reputation for being very angry. Even with rage. Yeah, bullet with butterfly uh Wings. That was my motto, even though I made it out to be a peaceful hippie. I have done things that I've been embarrassed about. You know, if somebody said the wrong thing to me, I'll pour a drink on their head. You know, I almost ran over a friend of mine's foot one time with an automobile, being drunk and stoned. In just a typical afternoon on my way to ba- or uh, during band practice. And how was I feeling about myself? Yeah, my my self-esteem was pretty low, no doubt about it. I did fear relationships. You know, I I had a couple, but not a ton. You know, I I basically hid behind my guitar. And I did that for a long time. And I also would be kind of cocky about it, too. I'd also brag about it, you know? And that was my ego. And I've learned in recovery that my ego is not my ego. So since I've gotten clean and sober, I don't know, I've reinvented myself musically. But anyway, anyways, and it's not about, you know, put, putting out recordings or whatnot. I like to collaborate with other people musically. That's what it's all about, or playing during music therapy sessions. That doesn't mean I won't play in a band. And in fact, I got a, a new project that's, Starting, we'll see what happens. Found a really good singer. But anyway, I am getting off topic. So, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I remember during my internship, my internship supervisor said, hey, noticing something with you. You know, you tend to be not following boundaries with the client. Because I would, like, sneak them cigarettes and do things I shouldn't, just to be liked by other people, right? So I, I got through it. I got the A, but then I started my career, and it was up and down. You know, musically, my skills were good, but as far as being responsible, getting my paperwork in on time, no, that didn't matter so much. And today, 
it's a different story. Yeah. It's all about, you know, I, I got to be persevering. I got to get my work done. And I also have to practice integrity as well as other spiritual principles that I apply to my life and do the best that I can with that. But anyway, all right. So did my disease progress? Yes. I ended up getting married 2006. I was in a relationship. And I got to be honest with you, it took me a long time to admit it, but I was settling. And with that settling, yeah, basically, yeah, and it was all right. But then I, I just realized that my feelings were deteriorating, decreasing, diminishing, and then something happened. It's 2009, and, you know, here I was thinking I was getting away with it, fooling my boss, yeah. And by the way, yeah, I was working in geriatrics at that time. And for me, you know, working at a facility for three, three, three and a half years was a good thing. But did I have to go to the human resources department pretty frequently? Yeah, yeah, I did. Because what would happen was something wouldn't go my way or whatnot, and I would have a reaction and start to yell. So, therefore, I had issues with impulsivity. And pretty much... Right when I got out of work, what did I do? I went and got high. And at this point, I'm pretty much just smoking weed. I happen to be in Milwaukee and drinking. But it's kind of a good thing, you know, that I didn't know that many people that had the harder stuff. Thank God for that. And plus, my ex-wife at one point, she found found out that I was doing coke. And she's like, if you do that ever again, I'm leaving you. That scared me. But I always was stoned. It got to the point where here I was just hanging out in my man cave, right? Yeah, not wanting to have any contact with her whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, I, I was not a good husband. I have my faults. You know, and I've uh, come to realize, yeah, it's a two-way street. We both have areas where... We have made mistakes, or we made mistakes, and I was able to make amends for those mistakes. But bottom line, I wasn't the best husband I could be. Then something happened. Um, I went to a show with my brother, and he noticed my behaviors. He's like thinking, man, a little impulsive. You're dealing with a rage. I can relate to that. And I found out that he was clean and working a program. So we went to a fish show, you know, and we talked about it. And I had some questions. I had some questions about the program. Like, wow, I can't believe you're clean, man. You're a lot like me. You know, we like the same drugs. We pretty much partied the same way. But then it's like, but yeah, I had to stop. So my brother planted a seed with that, with me, because I would get more and more miserable. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, about a year prior, I believe, I was going to meetings myself, but I always looked at the differences. At this point, I was completely miserable. The drugs weren't working. I was thinking about taking my life. My uh, marriage was falling apart. So then I knew I had to stop. But the fact that he was able to put clean time together gave me hope. 
So I started going to the meetings again. But this time, I'm like, okay, I am really going to do this. And I tried to quit on my own. But I could make it like two, three weeks. That was it. So I decided to do things differently. I got a sponsor. I started working steps. I started taking suggestions. I would go to a meeting every day. I did 88 meetings in 90 days. We had a lot of snow in Milwaukee, right? So, yeah, I I did the best I could with that. But I stayed clean throughout. Now, here's the thing. How are my behaviors? Eh, They were a little better, but I still dealt with the rage. And here's the thing. You take the drugs away, and what do you got? Still got the behaviors. So it's a process. And for some reason, I thought, that me working on myself, I didn't have to work that hard because I was a nice guy most of the time, unless you pissed me off. And if you pissed me off, what was going to happen? I was going to rage out. And I was going to make you hurt three times worse. So I remember clean and sober, I ended up losing my job at the nursing facility. And I was pissed, blaming everybody else. But then my sponsor talked with me. He's like, you know, this rage, I'm a little concerned about it. And I'm like, well, I have every reason to be this way. This happened to me. This person was doing this. This person was saying that. No. Couldn't let things go. Today, I can let things go. Um, sometimes, you know, in the business world, you might be get questions for things, you know. Um, like the fact that I haven't been required to do documentation in this new facility, just hired a new clinical director, right? And she uh, texted me a couple hours ago, and it seemed like she was maybe doubting my honesty. But you know what? Hey, I'm being honest. I'm I'm not going to lie. Part of my program is being as honest as a – being honest, period. Yeah, I, I really try not to lie anymore. And as far as lying, I I used to think, well, I don't lie that much. But I lied by omission a ton. And when you think about it, like in the end, yeah, I was lying about everything. (laughs) Or all sorts of things. You know, I just wasn't able to accept that. And there were times I would still think, okay, well, I'm not as bad as that person. I can put a needle in my arm. But here's the thing. The way I see it with addiction, it doesn't matter what your DOC is. It doesn't. It's what it does to you. And bottom line, I could not stop until I started working a program. Yeah, things were getting better. I went through a divorce that wasn't easy. There was a period of time in my recovery where I had a negative bank account. But here's the thing. I was paying rent, taking care of myself, and things got better. I kept on persevering and whatnot. Still a little shy, still a little awkward. That turned around though and I I feel that that has changed a lot because of the program and I'll get more into that in a little bit yeah the program has helped me immensely with so many things being secure financially secure yeah when I first heard that I'm like okay wow this program is going to make me rich no I do I do well but I'm not loaded but I do well And I'm secure, and I got money in the bank, and that's really all that matters because today I feel more rich in my heart. 
sometimes, yeah, I got to deal with pain and whatnot, but I have these 12 steps that helps me with that. All sorts of interesting things have happened in the last nine years. Have I been able to play in bands? Yes. Do I have to be selective about the bands that I play in? Yes. How come? It's really important for me to hang with the winners. What's a winner? A winner is somebody, is someone who has my best interests at heart. And I've played with some people that didn't, you know? I've come across friends that have tried to encourage me to relapse. Well, what I've learned about that is misery loves company. You know, and sometimes, though, those same people might be back in my life. In fact, uh, a person who actually uh, did that said, no, you weren't that bad, who was dealing with their own active addiction, we're uh, good friends again. It's beautiful. It's beautiful how relationships can heal in recovery. As far as the amends, yes, that was kind of a process, um, but... It was all based upon fear, but like once I got the courage to make the amends, it was a beautiful thing because their responses were like, okay, well, I forgive you. And plus, I'm, I'm sorry for this and this. That happened quite frequently, actually. But bottom line, it's all about cleaning up my side of the street. So, yeah, recovery has been pretty awesome. We've had a couple of things. You know, a couple of complications, you know, COVID, of course. I've had to improvise, and thank God for these phone meetings. If it wasn't for these phone meetings, I think I would have isolated a lot more and probably eventually gotten high. So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for Marijuana Anonymous. i got to be honest with you. I did check out Marijuana Anonymous a little bit in 2005, but I didn't get involved till about four years ago. Now, I'll be honest, I was going to other fellowships. I did AA for a while. And then, I'll be honest with you, it was three years and two months into it, I had a relapse. Kind of uh, complicated, but yeah, I decided to smoke pot again. This was in, I believe, 2013. Yes, right around the new year. I was dealing with a relationship that didn't go my way. And therefore, I got resentful, and what did I do? I got high. For, for a period of six months, yeah, I was going to meetings less, less and less. I'd white knuckle it for a little while, but then pick up, and then eventually, you know, I, I was back to, I'm pretty sure I was buying bags again. Yep. But I noticed something. My behaviors were getting worse. I was feeling the rage again. Yeah, I wasn't feeling mellow. That's for sure. So it was that August when I decided to surrender again. And since then, I haven't picked up. I started going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings where I was welcome with open arms. But at that point, I'm thinking, okay. I, I worked the steps even though I didn't complete the steps. But this time, I'm going to work them as hard as I can. So I, I picked up a step working guide and was answering questions pretty diligently. Step four did take a little bit longer than I anticipated. But after about like a year, year and a half or so, I completed the step. For that cycle, by the way, I'm working on step one again. You don't graduate, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But the steps 
helped me tremendously dealing with life, life on life's terms. Therefore, today I can say the obsession to get high has been removed. So when I relapsed, you know, actually when I came back, I was able to figure out what was missing. And by uh, me figuring that out, I realized there was something I wasn't doing during my first three years and two months. I mean, I did a little bit, but not really. I wasn't sharing meetings. I was too afraid. So I decided to get involved in sharing. And guess what? Was it scary at first? Absolutely. But then I'm like, you know, I kind of like this. So because of that, I was beginning to get more out of my shell and be more comfortable talking with people. So fast forward a year later, you know, I loved my area, but I heard about this opportunity working in Florida, working in treatment. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to check this out. So I moved down here, and before you know it, um, I'm uh, basically public speaking about addiction. And my work is amazing. It's really cool. It's an opportunity for me to give back. But I need to go beyond that, right? I have to go beyond that. So, yeah, I was here for about six months or so, completed the 12 steps, and one of my sponsors said me. By the way, I did get a new sponsor, right? And I got a sponsor that uh, was in the area, which I've noticed for me in sponsorship, yeah, I need to have that face-to-face contact. It was a little difficult during COVID and whatnot, but we made it work. And thank God I'm giving back every day. Yeah, every single day. Yes, granted, I mean, it is part of my profession, but I am helping an addict every day, and I still go beyond that. Um, I'm chairing a meeting right now. I'm chairing the Monday night meeting, which I love, 8 p.m. Awesome. Was I fearful about that? A little bit, but it's awesome. So if anybody's thinking about chairing one of our meetings, please talk to uh, Nafisa. She's awesome, and you will be blown away regarding the positive affirmation you get from uh, chairing meetings. So anyway, yeah, here I'm in Florida. Um, I started working for us basically, and I'm cleaning this over, of course. I haven't picked up since then, uh, or since that relapse. But anyway, um, I started working for a music therapy, uh, basically, company, and they also did, like, live performances, too. Um, I decided that it was in my best interest to start working for myself. And what they say, hang with the winners. I found out that my boss was a pothead. I had issues with that. And I, I had big issues, and I got really resentful. Bottom line, though, I mean, I got to take care of my own recovery. That doesn't mean I should be in the barbershop, though, because if I'm in the barbershop too long, I'm going to get a haircut. So today, everybody I'm hanging out with supports my recovery, which I'm so, so grateful for. But there have been certain opportunities where that has not been the case, and I've had to make difficult decisions and move forward all right okay so yeah my life is pretty awesome it's not perfect i have to deal with difficulties sometimes you know i have to deal with business sometimes life on life's terms though and what gets me through it the 12 steps also 
sponsorship. Yes. I, I love sponsoring people. It's great. I've had some great sponsorship relationships. I've had some not-so-great ones. But even with the not-so-great ones, there's one person that's not getting high, right? And that's me. I'm not getting high. You know, they might end up relapsing. You know, or they might, uh, there have been a couple times where people have decided to get another sponsor, and that's okay. That is all right. And that helps me. That helps me. Well, how come? Yeah, we're not big, or I'm not a big fan of being rejected. Who is? Who is? You know, it's not fun, but, you know, I got to watch my reactions, and when I do, I can apply acceptance to the situation. Hasn't happened too often, but on occasion it may. And sometimes, you know, my sponsees might not be doing all the work. That's okay, though. That's okay. Right now, I actually, I am not sponsoring anybody, but I am involved. Yeah, for the time being. Had to uh, let a couple people go last year, but that's okay. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'll sponsor again when the time's right. Um, right now, I'm pretty much uh, just chairing the meeting and working every day and talking to people in recovery. I'm also making music with other recovering addicts today, which is fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Music gets me high, no doubt about it. And uh, like I said, do I have any desire to uh, become a famous uh, performer? Eh, Not so much. I'd rather give back in recovery. However, though, that being said, I still like to get out every once in a while and rock out. So, yeah. And I can I play in bars? Yes, I can. But I got to make sure that I got my winner's circle. I got to make sure that I got my support. Oh, can I go to concerts too? Absolutely. But the thing with that is I got to make sure I'm prepped. If I'm going to a show, it's a good idea for me to go to a meeting beforehand. Or... Possibly. I might have an opportunity to go to a meeting at the show. Bands like Fish, bands like Ween, uh, Dead and Company, uh, Widespread Panic. There's so many other bands that are doing this that is actually having recovery support at shows, which I think is fantastic. So some of us might think, oh, I'm never going to get to go to a concert anymore, which I thought of at first, but that's not the case. That's not the case at all. So I got to tell you, Am I perfect today? No. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Do I have reactions? On occasion, it does happen. As far as the reaction thing, um, yeah, I used to have, when I was getting high, I'd probably have about five, six reactions a day. I think these days I have about five or six reactions a year, maybe even less. I don't know. What do I have to owe for that? And believe me, I thought I would have to confront everybody who wronged me. I don't have to do that anymore. I can let it go. I can apply acceptance. I understand today that people might not be as social as they were two, three years ago. It's all because of acceptance. Acceptance is the answer to every single one of my problems. So I am so grateful for Marijuana Anonymous. I'm so grateful for the 12 steps. I'm so grateful to have a better way to live. And believe me, do I feel serenity today? Because I was chasing, I was chasing peace, right, with drugs. But where do I get the true serenity? 
today in recovery, when I'm answering step questions, when I'm talking to another addict in recovery, when I'm sharing meetings, God, do I feel serene every Monday night? Yeah, who would have thought that guy you could love Monday, right? <laughs> I tell you. Well, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I want to let you all know, please don't quit before the miracle happens for the newcomer. And there's always something we can do in our recovery. And do I always do as much as I should? Yeah. Could I go to maybe more meetings? Yeah, but I guess I'm doing enough because I haven't picked up. So my name is Andy, Grateful Recovering Addict. I will keep coming back. And when I stop, when I feel that I can't learn anymore in recovery, that's when I get myself in trouble. And by the way, by doing the steps again, I'm learning all sorts of things I didn't learn the first time around. So my name is Andy. Grateful Recovering Addict from Boynton Beach, Florida, and that's all I have.